0: Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then we'll be in 1 Peter three eighteen to 22. 1 Peter three eighteen to 22. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to you at this time, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, dear Lord, for mercy and grace. And we pray, Father, that you'd open our understanding, that we might understand the Scripture. And now, Father, I pray that as we journey through this and these moments we have together... Uh, Lord, we pray for the truth of it. We ask it in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. All right, we shall endeavor to attack this, all right? And uh, very, very important and uh, passage of Scripture. We find that it's uh, quite... Boy, you talk about a struggle. Uh, there's as many opinions about this as there is atoms in the universe, so so I'm going to give you one of them, how's that, and we'll see what we got. So 1 Peter three eighteen to 22, and uh, we're going to keep some of this, we're going to keep it in context and allow you to look at it like that, and may the Lord bless this to you, all right? You see something here. All right, Uh, 1 Peter 3, 18 to 22, verse 18. Let's read it. For Christ also hath once suffered for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. And so we look at this uh, first thing that I want you to say. You can write down this note if you want to there. And... uh, We got uh, death and resurrection. All right, death and resurrection there in verse 18. So we find that he died on the cross. And then a few days later, he experienced the resurrection. All right, now verse 19. By which, By which, in other words, quickened by the Spirit, in other words, brought alive, the resurrection, by which also he went and preached unto the Spirit in prison. Now, let's take a moment and deal with verse 19. Look down at the bottom of the page. You'll see verse 18 between death and the resurrection. Alright, that's verse 18. Now verse 19. Look at the bottom there. Verse 19. First thing I want you to see it says he went and preached. Okay. We're going to talk about this. He went. So uh, just keeping with the scriptures. uh, He went. A lot of commentators will say, well, he was preaching through Noah. uh, And he was preaching, you know, Noah was a preacher of righteousness. We see that in Hebrews. But um, in the context of this, it doesn't say that he was preaching through Noah. It said he went. All right? And if you'll notice, uh, when you start doing things like that, you're not looking at the, the, the uh, punctuation. And as you know, one of the things that we've got to look at uh, to be right, is we've got to look at the punctuation. Okay? And so when you what, look, look, at, look, look at the end of verse 18, you got two little dots, right? You know what that means? That means the next verse belongs to that. Okay? And that's important. So, it says, He was deaf in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit. And so, in verse 19, By which also He went. So, look at this now. Now look at the bottom round there. Ephesians 4, 9, and 10. Now that He ascended... What is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same that ascended up far. You can go on with the verse. But anyway, <clears throat> I want you to see systematic theology means this, is that you take the verses, you systematically take the verses, right? Put them together and you come up with a truth. All right? And so we might say, well, what did he do? Well, I've, Ephesians 4, 9 is pretty clear, isn't it? And that takes the guesswork out of it. <clears throat> now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descended first into the Lord parts of the earth. All right? <clears throat> but which also he went. He did it. All right? Now, let me show you something here that's really good. It said in preached. Now, in the New Testament, we have different words for the word preach, okay? One is this word we use for evangelism. In other words, when that word is used, evangelizo, it means that you're preaching the gospel, all right? This other word for the word preach, caruso, means to declare. You can preach, but you're proclaiming something. You're declaring something, all right? It's not just preaching the gospel. Because if he's going to preach to those in prison, uh, there's no such thing as a second chance. Now, I realize some religions believe that. And... uh, but there's no second chance. So he's not going to go there to preach the gospel to them. Why? Because they've already rejected the gospel. They've already died. They're already sitting in hell. They've already done it. You see. So the word Caruso is very important. <clears throat> it's teaching us that he went there to proclaim something. Isn't that right? So. So what would he proclaim to them? Well, one of the things he would proclaim to them is the fact, his victory. The fact that he was the Savior, that he was the Son of God. That he's who he said he was. He's who Noah said he was. You see... That crowd there didn't believe that. It said, preached unto the spirits in prison. Now, we're going to talk about that too. So what we find, spirits is plural. And uh, we're going to realize that did he just have a selected group of people that he declared himself and the victory to? Or did he go preach? Caruso proclaim to all of them there that he's the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the Victor. He won the victory over sin, and so spirits in prison. That's all of them. It's not a specific group. He didn't. He didn't just. Say, well, I'm going to preach to this one specific group. As far as I'm concerned, he spoke to all of them. That included those fallen angels that are locked up in chains. Let's go on a little bit. Look down at the bottom down here. 2 Peter 2, four. For if God spared not the angels that sin, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains of darkness to be reserved unto judgment. Wow. Uh, it'd be quite a thing for them to have to face the Son of God, wouldn't it? There he is. We rebelled against God and now we're going to have to Pay the price for that. Verse 5. And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness. We don't hear much about Noah's preaching, do we? No, almost zero. The only thing we know is what the Bible tells us. And the Bible says that Noah was a preacher of righteousness. But do we have any of his sermons? No. Do we have any of his declarations? No. We don't. We just know that the word of God says he was a preacher of righteousness. Bringing in the flood upon the world of of the ungodly. Wow. Above all heavens that he might fulfill all things. There's a lot in that verse we could deal with more and more and more. All right, go to Jude. There's only one chapter in Jude, so, but I did put one there for you. All right. Jude, verse 6. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved an everlasting chain. Under darkness, unto the judgment of the great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them, in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication, going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Verse 8. Likewise, also these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominion, speak evil of dignity. Boy, that sounds like today, doesn't it? Right. My goodness. All right, so what we see here, he went and preached. He made a declaration to all those people. He made a proclamation to all those. They've rejected that truth. Well, there stood the truth. They rejected the Savior, well there he stood. Uh, They rejected the Son of God, there he was. So he goes and makes this proclamation of his victory over sin. His victory over the devil. And his victory over their unbelief. Now. Uh, There's something, I'm going to show you something really neat here in just a minute about this. So when we look at this, we realize that he preached unto the spirits in prison. We could just keep on going with this thought. But I want you to see, what's the Bible tell us about these people? Man, those angels are locked up in chains. The Bible says they're cast into hell along with the others. So listen, if if they are cast into hell with the others, if Christ was going to go there and make a proclamation, he's going to be preaching to all of them, isn't he? In other words, he's not going to be just addressing one group of people. Why? Because they're all together, aren't they? Those angels were cast into hell. Uh, Those lost souls, the antediluvian people. Just think of of the thousands and thousands and thousands of people that died and only eight souls were saved. Wow. Now, you, you talk about, listen, folks. We, 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 we talk about the masses being killed and stuff like that. Yeah, just sit down and read the Bible. Amen. I mean, when you read the Word of God, you know, 100,000 killed, 120,000 killed, you know. My goodness. And all that's with sword and spear and bow and arrow and rocks. Whoa. Whoa. And uh, amazing. So, when God goes to do some killing, God can do a whole lot of killing. And so, just think about this. Let it stick in your head. Out of the millions of people that were on earth, that, that started living like the people live today, know this. Only eight souls were saved out of all of them. Just think about this. Eight out of millions. That's it. No more. Done. That's amazing. All right, now, let's go on. If we remove down this. Okay, go to verse 20 at the top there which sometimes, now in other words, they went and preached to these spirits that are in prison in hell, which sometimes were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing wherein few, that is eight souls, were saved by water. Now notice this. Before I get anywhere else, I want you to see. See it says by water, I got it in black for you. It doesn't say in water, it said by water. Okay? Now, there's a lot of people that say that you've got to be baptized in water to have your sins washed away. But the Bible here declares by water. All right? Not in water. We'll talk about that in just a second. But the top right hand side of your page there, you'll see I got the word disobedient. Now, when you look up that word disobedient and deal with it, it talks about to refuse conformity. To refuse conformity. Uh, that's an interesting definition of that word, isn't it? So what we have, which sometimes we're disobedient, in other words, they refuse Conformity. They did not want to conform to God's standard. They did not want to conform to God's rules. They did not want to conform to God's commands. They did not want to conform to God's words. They did not want to conform to that. They did not want to be that. They enjoyed their sin. They were not going to do anything else but that. You see. And uh, I kept looking for this word. I have this book that's got all the little Greek words in it. And I was about to go blind trying to find it. And I finally, I kept reading and looking. And then I got my magnifying glass out. <laughs> and uh, I said, Looky there. And it had that one word with all of its. Prefixes and suffixes that said to refuse conformity. Wow. That sounds like church work to me. Because the problem we have is people refuse conformity, they don't want to conform to God's standard, God's ways. They like the worldly ways. And so they're not going to conform to biblical truth, biblical family, biblical position, biblical church. They don't want that conformity, you see. So now watch this. As we look at this, the next thing we see, which sometimes were disobedient to refuse conformity. Well, that sounds pretty much like about everybody in hell, including angels, doesn't it? They they wanted they got under the influence of something somebody else, and they didn't want the conformity. They didn't want to conform to God's ways. Well that's just Blatant rebellion against God is what that is. So now, in this verse, let's go on down now. Long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. All right. Uh, A.W. Pink has, in one of his old books on Genesis. Years, years ago, has a whole dissertation, along with a bunch of others, about the ark and Christ. You know, the Bible says these things are written as an example to us. And so the ark typifies the Lord Jesus Christ. It was, it was made by the direction of God. It was totally sealed. It was pitched on the inside and on the outside, totally sealed up. And look at this now on the top right side of your page, where it says saved by water. All right? Now, learn this. The ark is a type of Christ, sealed within and without. The Lord shut him in. The flood water is a type of judgment. The water lifted the ark above the judgment. Thus you have saved by water. Okay? Okay? The water lifted them up above the judgment. Everybody else was in the water, under the water, dying. But what did the water do with them? The water lifted the ark up. Look right there, Genesis 7, 7. Noah went in with his sons, his wife, his sons, and their wives. 7:16 the lord shut him in the lord closed the door on the ark noah wasn't coming out until god was ready for him to come out the only person that was going to break the seal on that door was god god closed it sealed it shut the only person that was going to break the seal on that door was god and that was it The Bible said the flood waters began to come up, and the ark began to float. That's important. And so we find then that saved by water, not in water. All right, it was the water that caused them to float. The boat come up, rose, kept rising up. Above the judgment of God. Very, very important. You get it? See that? See the wording? By water, not in water. And so that's what it talks about here. Now let's go to this one that's extremely, extremely confusing to many people. It's used, it's yanked out of context time and time and time again. Yanked out of context. Over and over and over. It says in verse 21, The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Okay. Okay now let's take some time and deal with that we've got time I wanted to get us down to this point by the top of the hour I did it we're there because I want to take the rest of the time and deal with this first thing I want you to see it says the like figure okay now listen to me real close what you have here, that, that little statement, the important thing that we see is this. We have anti-type. In other words, this is one type, this is the other type. They're opposites, right? The word used here in like figure is is, is the Greek word antitupos, which means they're the same. All right? In other words, this is an example of this, and this is an example of that. All right? In other words, they're not opposites, they're the same. Very important for you and me. But what we have here now, if you'll notice, on the right side, underneath that, I put the like figure, then I put not and but. See that? See that right there? Not and but. On the right side, run to verse 21. Very important. So let's learn something now. The like figure. So it's a figure of something. Whereunto unto even baptism doth also now save us, not. There's the not in red. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. But the answer of a good conscience toward God. Not and but. I've talked to many of those that believe that baptism saves and I was reading one of their booklets and it just come right out and said it said that the baptismal waters uh, when, when, when you're baptized by this person whoever had the authority from their organization to baptize you uh... As you're baptized, it washes all of your sin away. And uh, I've I've taken that several times, and I used to have it copied down on a three by five card. And I'd get in these conversations with them, and I'd I'd ask, say, "Listen, I got, I got a question. I got a question." And they'd say, "What?" I'd say, "Now, now you're one of their ministers, aren't you?" Right? If I come to you at midnight, you'll baptize me. Right? Yeah. And it washes, according to to your writing, it washes all of my sin away. Right? Yes. When When you go under the water, when you come back up, you're clean. I said, well, that's okay. I said, now I got a question for you. All right. So should I trust the blood of Jesus Christ or should I trust you dipping me in some water. Because the Bible says the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. And you're you're telling me that baptism does that. So, somebody's lying, and I think it's you. That's why it says not the putting away the filth of the flesh. In other words, you're not taking a bath and it's not washing any of your sin away. But the answer of a good conscience toward God. This figure, whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. So it's like this. It's not hard when we look at it in context. When God saved me, I was under great conviction of sin. All right? My conscience toward God was not good at all. Then God saved me. Okay? And what was my next step? Saved, baptized, added to the church, right? Well, what happened was. I was saved, and now I was going to be baptized, okay? And that baptism was going to be a witness to me having a good conscience toward God now. That's what it was. The like figure, whereunto even baptism doth also now. Save us, it's not that. It's this, the answer of a good conscience toward God. Now watch this. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. Look, but the answer. But the answer. But the answer. See that? Do you know what that means? Baptism, scriptural, Baptism of a saved person. It is the answer. Saved, baptized, and to the church. It's the answer. You, you are now identifying with the Lord Jesus Christ. You are now acting as a witness to everybody that would watch you. You are now. Look at this. But the answer of a good conscience toward God. So when I was baptized, do you know what that was? That was the answer of a good conscience toward God. That was a witness. I was identifying with Christ. I was identifying that I had been saved. And so I find then that this answer It was the answer to it. Are you truly saved? Yes. Okay. Well, prove it. All right. Having an answer of a good conscience toward God. And so we find then, now watch this. This is interesting. By, see this? By the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now you got them two dots. See them two dots? See, the, see your punctuation? Who has gone into heaven and is, and is on the right hand of God. Angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. All right. So now let's, let's take a moment here. And look on the right side of the page, if you would please. Verse 21, the like figure. We have not and but. See that? Now watch this. Under that I put a good conscience toward God. The example. Are you ready? Now look at this. This is what baptism is. Romans 6, 3, 4, and 5. Romans 6, 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? Okay? So, we talk about baptism represents the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Right? Okay. Well, now, what are we talking about in verse 21 here? By the resurrection of Jesus Christ. See that? Okay, you follow me? Verse 4, therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death. See that? That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Verse 5, Romans 6, 5. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Well now, go back up to verse 21 on the left side there. The like figure. Wherefore, even baptism doth also now save us. All right. He's telling us that that baptism, okay, is a representation of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. And what we find is that we have this baptism is good as an answer of a good conscience toward God by what? The resurrection of Jesus Christ. See that? It's what it represents. It speaks to you and me. It's a figure of something. All right? Figures don't save. You know that? Figures don't save, do they? Just just like there's not a human ceremony that's going to save a soul. You can be baptized so many times you know the tadpoles in the creek by name, but that's not going to save you. There's no human ceremony going to save anybody. All right? What we find is this. Real salvation brings about, it's an answer of a good conscience toward God. Baptism is, scriptural baptism What does it represent by the resurrection of Jesus Christ? Wow. Just think. When you're scripturally baptized, just think about what it does. It's a representation of death, burial, and resurrection. You see that? What are you doing? You're identifying with Jesus Christ. Then it says in verse 22, who is gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. Very important. The like figure. And so we see then that this figure, this example is founded, for instance, over here in Romans 6, 3 to 5. All right? And what's it talk about? Verse 4 Therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. See that? And then what does it say in verse 5? For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. That's why verse 21 says, by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see that? So what we find then, just to bring it all together, is that when we keep this in context, we realize those eight souls were saved by water, not in water. What were they in? They were in the ark, weren't they? And it was God's design. And the ark was totally sealed. It was pitched within and without. When they got inside the ark, what happened when God told them, get in? In Genesis 7, 16, the Lord shut him in. You see that? The Lord closed the door on that once he was in there. And the boat began to float. Very important. You see. And so, what we find then, as we got this death, and now now we're facing the resurrection. Saved by water. The water lifted the ark up above the judgment. You see that? Amen. Very, very important we understand that. And then you find in verse 21 by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The answer of a good conscience toward God. What's, what's that going to produce? Well, how's that happen? By the resurrection of Jesus Christ, Christ arose. What's one of the greatest hopes of Christian faith? The resurrection. Man, that's one of our biggest doctrines. That's one of our biggest preaching. That's one of our biggest hopes, isn't it? The resurrection. And so that's what we have here by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so we end this lesson there in verse 22. Who has gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God, angels and authorities and powers being made subject unto him. So you see, when we take this thing and put it in context, add a few verses to it to explain what baptism is and what it shows us, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, then the like figure. So we look back at this anti-diluvian age. What do we see? Man, we see judgment coming on the earth, water. We find this type of Christ. What's that? The ark. Sealed within without. And, uh, now get this. What does the Bible say about you people sitting here that are saved? The Bible says you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Amen. You see that? Amen. And so when we just calmly put it together, we find ourselves sealed unto the day of redemption. Amen. Amen. Wow. What a thought. Amen. But that's God for us. Amen. So when this verse says the like figure Whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. He's just simply making the statement that you know what? This baptism is representing you are saved now. You're sealed now until the day of redemption. And it's going to represent this death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. This baptism is going to speak as a witness. You see that? Very, very important. I hope I've been able to communicate this to you in a good way where you can stop and look at it and even study it. some. Very, very important. All right. Time is gone. Let's all stand, if you would, please. We'll go to the Lord in prayer and then we'll prepare for the upcoming